Hello, and welcome to What's Mine is Mine with Bianca Lynn, a podcast where I talk to my friends and peers about our experiences as Black and Brown professionals. This podcast is a reminder that our destiny and future accomplishments already has our name on it. No one or nothing can take away what we're supposed to do. There will be challenges, but it doesn't matter because what's mine is mine. Today's guest is a TV host and producer known for her contagious energy. From moderating empowerment and lifestyle panels and hosting at music festivals and conferences to covering fashion week shows and reporting on live red carpets, she is a dynamic talent. She's created and hosts Before Brunch, a TV show with the mission of women pouring into each other than their glasses and hosts fashion, beauty, empowerment, and food lifestyle segments on local and national NBC, Fox, and CBS affiliates. Along with her media career, today's guest is also the Director of Engagement and Communications for Yellow, a nonprofit founded by musician, producer, and philanthropist Pharrell Williams, where she's responsible for establishing and maintaining relationships, developing and implementing special projects at local and national levels, as well as curating Yellow's digital footprint. In 2023, she launched her company, Dream Pusher, a firm created to provide women with a gentle yet fierce reminder that they can reclaim and accomplish their dreams. She's a 2021 inductee into Hampton University's 40 Under 40, a member of Norfolk State University's School of Education Advisory Board, a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the National Association of Black Journalists, and Girlfriend Incorporated. She is Stephanie Walters. Thank you so much Thank for joining you for me, Stephanie. Me, Bianca. Excited to be here. Of course. First, I just wanted to share how excited I am to have this conversation with you. I was a freshman at Hampton when you were a senior, and I met you yeah. at the radio station. And like when I think about when I was a senior and how I did not have my life together, I just remember looking at you and being like, dang, like she really has it together. You were confident, you were classy, everyone admired you and looked for your opinion. So like, this is really like awesome for me. I really feel like young Bianca is like <laughs> Aww, here. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I when I graduated from Hampton, I absolutely did not have my life together as a senior. So, you know, I'm glad it looked like it. I think I have it a little more together now, but yeah. <laughs> yes. And so let's just start right into that because you graduated in 2008 and that was when the economy mm -hmm. really took a turn. So now in hindsight, with me saying all of that, like how was that grind coming out of school in 2008 and you decided to stay in Virginia to be in like the media. So what was that like finding opportunities? Yeah. So fortunately I had a job lined up because then later on that summer is when everything crashed down. It's 2008. So like May, 2008, that summer economy crashed. And then while I was working in media, so I started off as a production assistant. That was like your entry level job into media back then. It's like being a production assistant at a news station. I knew I didn't want to go into news, but I still just did it anyway because it was a job opportunity and I knew I wanted to work in media. Um, at the same time, I started reaching out to Cox Communications because they had a teen talk show that I really wanted to be a part of. And so I reached out and said, hey, can I just come in and shadow? Can I come like see what you guys do? I'm happy to help in any way possible. From there, I actually actually got a contract with them to like host and produce. And it worked out very well because that following February of 2009, I ended up getting laid off and from the news station. So it really worked out in my favor that I had already been looking for other opportunities and ways that I could like expand my horizon. So that whole like economy collapsed 
kind of hit me almost a year later, but I was already prepared to like work and, you know, experience other opportunities. That's awesome. I really love that you were being creative and like, okay, I am settled in this, but let me see what's out there. I think that a lot of people get into a position and they're like, okay, let me build a name for myself. But you were kind of like, let me see. Do you think that Well, not even do you think, I feel like, especially looking at your resume, that's why you're dominating the Hampton Roads area. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, let me just get into this job and we grow here. But I knew already that news is not what I wanted to do. I knew it was a great gateway and a great way to build connections, but I already knew it's it's not what I wanted to do. But number one, I needed a job. And number two, you can learn something and have valuable experience everywhere. It's about what you make it. So when other opportunities came up, it was like, oh, do you know how to produce? And I was like, yeah, I didn't know how to do it, but I figured it out along the way because watching things that were happening at the news station, it was similar to producing like a talk show or other things. And so I just watched other people. I looked at other people's rundowns. I listened to how they were booking guests and the things that they were telling them, the type of emails they were writing. I just like used so many spaces that I was in to learn and to figure it out and then to go do it myself. So even with now living here, here in Hampton Roads. It's a mid-sized media market, but because I've been doing stuff here, I've been able to do stuff in other larger markets. So I really just take on every opportunity and use it as a stepping stone and kind of layer the blocks until you get to these larger entryways that you want to enter. Yeah, definitely. And I could totally see that. So at the same time of you building your career in media, being this TV host, this producer, you are also working very closely with nonprofit organizations and just being Mm -hmm. tapped into the community. Was that always a part of your vision for your career or did that happen organically? No, (laughs) it literally, I will say just happened, but it was supposed to happen. So while I was working in media, I also was working in the public school system here because working in media Back in 2008, 2009, you get paid like nothing, Mm -hmm. like nothing. So I had to have another job. So I started working for the school system, doing grants and running programs in all the high schools. And that was like my full-time job. And then I did like media stuff on the side after work or, you know, I would go to fashion week and take time off. And so through there, at one of the events, I ended up meeting Dr. Williams, which is Pharrell's mother. And she saw me at an event for the school system because she's a former educator. So we stayed in touch and then she brought me in for a meeting. Long story short, um, I started doing like some contract work with them, just writing some curriculums for entrepreneurship. At the time, had a media production company and so was doing a lot of work with that. And then an opportunity came up for me to have a full-time position. They're like, hey, do you want to come on full-time as a program manager? It's like, absolutely. I had known that I didn't want to stay in the school system and that was education-based, but going into this nonprofit, it was also education-based, but I felt like, hey, there's other opportunities, there's room to grow, there's more ways that I can like stretch and be creative and bring my skill set to the organization. So went there and have been with them ever since. It's been like seven years. And the beauty of it is that like we are in the education field. So we have a school here. We also do other educational programs, different parts of the country doing community stuff. But I'm able to use my skill set in terms of like doing like all of our digital stuff and kind of being like the spokesperson and bringing out different ideas that are are media based. So I had no vision for this aspect of it, but 
I'm, I really enjoy it and I'm really passionate about what I do in the organization. So that is my full-time job. And then I have my company and still do media stuff as well. I think that that is amazing the way that God ordained your steps because just yeah. even outside of the work that you do with Yellow, seeing you on social media, you're always being tapped in to host this panel or do something that's community-based. What's mine is mine. That's just all that I hear. And that's why I did the show because it just makes me really excited about hearing how yeah. people's lives unfold to their doing and then also to like right. God's doing, you know? Absolutely. Like it's, it's crazy. I, I mean, of course, after college, I'm like, I'm going to be Oprah in a couple years. And then once you get into it more, you really realize it doesn't work like that. Like I put in so much work and so much time to be where I'm at now. And even where I'm at now, I'm like, I'm scraping the surface, you know, right time, right place, but also like walking in your purpose that really helps you connect with the right people like and be on this really incredible trajectory how long are you willing to stay into a job or be around a certain opportunity until you realize hmm they aren't really giving me opportunities for growth or I can't really see how I can expand myself here yeah. and then you decide let me start looking for something else yeah I, I really think that depends like I have been so fortunate in the career and job space that my last like two positions, which is the one I hold now, and then the one even at the school system was kind of like created for me. And because there was a need and there was a skill set and there was things that were happening, it's like the position was kind of created for me. I would say like, I knew it was time for me to get out of the school system. I, there was no more, like I didn't see any more growth, right? Like I had reached my personal peak. I had done all that I think I could do. And there was no way for me to grow unless and especially grow financially unless I went and got another degree. That's what was told to me. But I had already kind of been like searching and feeling like, okay, what am I going to do next career wise? And I've always just been in this place of like, I just don't want to go work at a job. I don't just go do something just for the sake of it. And so that was hard for me to even leave before I got the offer to work for the nonprofit because I was like, man, I just want something that feels good, that feels right. I'm in this space of, I want to be creative. I want this job to make sense. And so I think if you're still in a space that what you're doing at this point in your life like doesn't make sense and it's not going to get you to the next level and whatever next level looks like for you. Sometimes it's not financial. Sometimes it is financial. You're like, hey, I need to make more money because I have a whole you know, family to raise. It depends on what next level looks like for you. But I will say if you feel like you cannot grow anymore, if you feel like you have served your purpose there, then I think it's time to start looking. And that could look like two years. It could look like 20 years. But are you still passionate about what you're doing? Are you still bringing your best self to the table? Like, Every day going to work is not fun. There's things that you have to do at work that you don't want to do. It's a lot. It's a lot. But every day, are you bringing your best self to work? And is something going to be impacted positively by what you're bringing to the table? And if not, then you need to reevaluate your situation and where you're at. Definitely. I think a lot of people are in that space right now, given the way that the economy is. Mm -hmm. And people are like, the only jobs that are available, at least this is what I'm seeing from my own experience being laid off. I'm seeing jobs that I'm qualified for, maybe like an associate director position, but like for $85,000. And then I have to have right. this conversation of what's my passion? What's my purpose? What is driving me? Is it money? I live in LA. Money is driving me. I can't take a job for $85,000. Right, right, right. And just having those serious conversations, it can be kind of scary. Yeah, you're right. And I think it really does depend on where you live and your geographical location. Like, 
if you come to the South, $85,000 can get you through a whole another level of lifestyle versus being in LA. So even thinking through what age you are too, like, do you have any responsibilities? Do you have a family? Do you have kids? If not, you can pick up and go and move across the country or go somewhere. And I think that's one of the things I wish I would have like taken the opportunity to pick up and move. I, I love New York. I'm obsessed with New York. I go up there fairly frequently and that's where a lot of big TV stuff is happening. And so, you know, bigger things and doors are opening for me, but I wish I would have like taken advantage of that when I was younger, when I didn't have a responsibility to have a daughter. I can't just pick up and be like, all right, we're moving. And she's school age. So we really can't just do that. But if you have the opportunity, you have zero responsibilities, like literally do what you want. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. If you had any, not regrets, but just thoughts about staying in the Hampton Roads area. I was definitely biased, especially Mm -hmm. being from New Jersey, going to school down there. I loved being out there, but I was like, yeah, there's no jobs for me here. Like when we had to find internships, I'm like, I got to go someplace else. And so that was another reason why I look at you with so much admiration because I'm like, I remember what the market was like down there in terms of media jobs. And like I said, you're dominating down there. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, that, that, I think about that often too, because it is a unique area. It's like a really big melting pot. It's a big military town. We aren't like a super huge major city. I mean, our next big city, I would say it's like DC, but the older that I've gotten and the more I have grown and traveled and been here and been there, like it's, it's really what you make it where you are. And this area has changed. There's like a whole creative hub here. Like People are bringing opportunities here and things are happening, but it's also up to people and I'm only one person, but like trying to make things happen here and make this area more vibrant and attractive for young people to want to come. And then gratefully, our founder, Pharrell, like he's from here, he's from Virginia Beach and the things that he's doing here in this area, like bringing something in the water, music festival here, like this area had never seen a festival like that, 60,000 people and the top artists of our time right now. But there's so many opportunities that are being made here. But I think because it's not like this quick, you know, you go to New York, you can make it real quick. Like you go to LA, there's times you can make it real quick and not to say it's easier, but there's like a lot more opportunity when it comes to entertainment and media. So I think the culture is starting to shift here. And I am happy to be a part of that shift. Now, will I stay here like forever? I I don't know. Like I would love to, you know, have that experience of moving to New York and maybe working there and experiencing that. But I can know what I can do now while I'm here to help set that leveling playing field for other young people, especially other young black girls who want to stay here and want to have that lifestyle. Yes, I love that. So what is one of your favorite projects that you've done or that you've created? Because you have... A lot under your belt. That's a really good question. I think my TV show Before Brunch was really special to me because it was very personal. I started that TV show off of the thought that like so many of us women are going through so many things and like nobody talks about it. We find out about it like over brunch or over conversation after somebody already gone through it. It's like, I didn't even know you were going through that. We could have talked about that. Like I'm going through the same thing. Like I felt so alone. And I started, I did my first season right after I had my daughter. And so that was really important for me because I was just like, I'm a different person. Like my mindset, the things that I've been going through this first year of of having a child, like it was insane. And trying to be a mom who still wants to accomplish her dreams and really recenter herself on who she is and figure out who she is. 
So when I created that show, it was like really personal. And after I put it out there, I filmed it in December 2019, launched it in March of 2020, like right before pandemic happened or right like the week of pandemic happening. And I was like, wow, this is like insane timing because everybody's home. People need stuff to watch. And I thought that was like so divine. And that was really special to me. And the feedback that I got from women about how they felt after watching the show and how they didn't feel alone and how important those subject areas were for them. I was like, oh, I'm onto something. So I filmed my next season during pandemic and like that August and then I've done two more seasons since then. So I'm about to do my fourth season or fifth season. I can't remember now. And I'm excited to like expand it and bring it to an even bigger platform and make it grow to something far beyond my imagination but that one's really special for me because I'm passionate about women and women's issues and women just not feeling like they're the only ones going through something yes well first I want to say congratulations on coming up on your fifth season that is amazing to be able to continually tell these important stories and be that support for women have you always been willing to be this vulnerable with, you know, sharing your stories or do you think that's something that maybe happened over time with community work or maybe that was something that changed when you became a mother and that's just like a whole other, you know, experience? Yeah, I I think I've always been pretty honest and open about the journey. There's still a lot of things I don't share (laughs) just because out of, you know, kind of like protection. But I have always wanted to share because there's so much out there that like is not real. And working in entertainment and media and Bianca, I'm sure you know, like there's so much stuff out there. Like you're only seeing a snapshot of people's lives. You're seeing the highlight reel. You're seeing oh, cool, you were at this party. You got invited to this event. Oh, you were on the Grammys red carpet. Okay, cool. But like, you're not seeing everything that happens after that or before that or what the real deal is. Like, there's so many people, even in in entertainment, like they look like they have it all together and they're struggling with something or they don't have any money for real. And I think in order to be able to help the next generation, even help our current generation have sustainable futures, you have to keep it real about what's going on. And even if it's not pretty, it's it's sad, it's ugly, there's anger, you hear so many no's, but I feel like I have a responsibility to keep it real and be honest with people and be like, yeah, there's been plenty of times I haven't had any money or like I've been at fashion week and I'm literally like, okay, I've got like a hundred dollars for the week. And I sometimes don't share too much of that stuff because people look at you and think you already have it together. Right. And I've been fortunate, even how I grew up, like both my parents are college grads. They worked hard. They worked hard for like my family and I didn't want for anything. And so for me, it felt like I couldn't share certain things because I knew like I always had like a fall black pan, right? I could easily call them and say, hey, dad, can you wire me some money? And it didn't feel like I could say that because people think that you come off mm-hmm. as privileged when you have this fallback plan of a, of a parent, but it still doesn't mean you're not working your ass off to make things happen. Because like my dad was in the military, my mom was in education, like they don't understand this world. They know that I wasn't making a lot of money, but how they did support is like, hey, for this first year, we'll pay your rent in your apartment when I got out of college. Like we'll help support you. We don't get it, but we'll help support you in those kind of ways. And so I think now as I've gotten older, I'm being more transparent about stuff like that. But in terms of the actual journey and the struggle, I will forever talk about that and highlight it and share because I don't want some people to make some of maybe like the same mistakes or I'll say learning lessons that I had that 
didn't have to be. I think that this age of media or social media, we're going to see a lot more of that. I think we all know like, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, we go on trips and like we're doing these things, but a lot more people are open to sharing the real behind Mm -hmm. it, which is amazing and kind of makes me think about my next question about imposter syndrome and when does imposter syndrome come up for you if it does and how do you manage that or defeat it? Mm. I think it, it it depends on the situation. Every blue moon, it'll creep in. But I think because I have genuinely worked so hard to get to where I am and I'm finally feeling like, you know what? Yeah, like I should be getting that invite there. Yeah, like I do belong here. It doesn't creep in as much as it used to because in, early on when you're getting this stuff and people are like, oh, like you're really good. Like you're a really great host. You are a great moderator. You're like, okay, thank you, like, cool. But then when you continuously hear it and you show and prove and you have the results to prove it, it's like, okay, you know what? Like, I am. Like, yeah, I deserve that opportunity. Yes, cut me my check. I think for me now, it doesn't feel as fraudulent because I'm really owning who I am and where I'm at and being like, yes, I deserve. I deserve this because I've worked for this. Do you think it's... Of course, putting in that hard work, but like the self-talk that also helps you to like stay encouraged just to remind yourself of what it is that you've done. Mm -hmm. There are times where, you know, you look on social media and you see things and I'm like, man, like I would have loved that opportunity or how come I didn't, you know, get that. And that's a lot of times when I was younger and now I'm just like, look, what's for me is for me and what's for me is not going to pass me by. But definitely in this space of positive self-talk for sure. And that's really happened over the last four years. My daughter's four and a half. So especially after having a kid and I have a daughter, like doing positive self-talk is a non-negotiable because I don't want her to grow up and think, you know, I have to be this way or why is mommy doing this? Or why is she talking down to herself? Like I need her to know that like, hey, you can be this bold woman. You can follow your dreams. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to. So definitely positive affirmations and then just having good people around you who will pour into you as well, because sometimes you need other people to remind you of who you are. Like you're settling for that. Like what? Mm -hmm. Like you need to, you know, get back Mm -hmm. on it. Or why would you even think that about yourself? Like you're amazing. So it's a balance of positive self-talk, but having that positive reinforcement around you will definitely put the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. Steph, what does success look like Mm -hmm. for you? I think success for me looks like freedom, like freedom to do what you want in a way that works for your own lifestyle. Like if I don't have to wake up and go to work in the morning, like actual to work, you know, having the freedom of flexibility, the freedom of choice to say, hey, I want to take two weeks off to just spend time with my daughter or go on vacation and not be bound to the everyday routine. Even though I love a good routine, like I like my my routine, but And just the freedom, like success looks like freedom to be financially stable enough to like, oh yeah, let's just, let's just book this and go. I cannot wait to reach that level. And I don't mean just like, okay, we're going to go on a staycation. Let's book this trip to Greece next week and let's just go. Let's make it happen. And Mm -hmm. finding that flexibility to have certain things taken care of in your lifestyle. So yeah, that's what freedom looks like for me. It's bigger than just financial. It's the ability to grow and continue to learn and operate in your area of excellence. Well, hearing that as your definition, I can totally see how you're successful considering you have this job with Yellow, and you're also creating your own content. Yeah, I'm so grateful for that. And even the project I just launched in my new company, Dream Pusher, that was very personal to me too. It was 
a place where women can reclaim and accomplish their dreams because I feel like between the ages of like 30 and 45, it's this new midlife crisis. Like, what the hell am I doing in life? And so many life changes are happening. And so thinking of a place where like women can come from master classes, how to like get that back? How do I really go back and attack my dreams and accomplish them? Also doing like media training and professional speaking development and then just different workshops for women. That's really important to me. So the fact that I do get to do all of this stuff and still work full time, like I am so grateful to be able to have the opportunity to even do that because I realize it is not a reality for a lot of people. But I just know for sure for me to feel like I'm adding value to spaces. I have to have like that flexibility and connection to creativity to thrive. Like that is what success looks like to me. I just want to thrive and make sure other people are receiving the best version of me. Yeah, definitely. So you've been mentioning your daughter a few times. How has motherhood impacted your career? It's made me just like want to go even harder. So when I found out I was having a daughter, I was like, yes, I'm having a girl, like another little mini me. But even aside from that, because our children are their own beings, it's really inspired me to want to keep going and think of more ideas and continue to create because I want her to know that there is an outlet for that. And you can be creative. You don't have to be subject to just these copy paste, what people tell you you should be. Like, I want her to see me on TV like, oh, that's mommy. But like, you're sitting right here. Like, how does that happen? Like, she's so curious. And I want her curiosity to continue. But I also want her to know that you can do these things. Like, you can be a great mom. You can be a great career woman. You could be a great wife. You can be a great friend. Like, you can be all of these things. And while still living out your dreams. And I want her to know that. And so just seeing her like just be so excited about life and school and learning new things makes me really excited to keep going so I can even afford her the type of lifestyle that I feel like she deserves. So she doesn't have to want for anything in a way that, hey, mommy, I don't want to go to college. I want to start my own business. Here's my business plan. Can you invest in me? I want to be able to do that versus having to like work all the time and struggle and like, well, I don't know if we can do that. Like, I want her to want like whatever she wants and I want to be able to provide it to her even aside from material things. It's like experiences. Well, hearing you even say like you want to be that example to your daughter that you can do this at work, you can have this career, you can be this amazing mom, this amazing wife, just naming all of those responsibilities or titles that you hold. And then even me looking on social media, seeing that you're announcing you're hosting this panel, you're keynote speaking at this conference, you're moderating this summit, you're executing this community event. And I love that your work is so impactful, community-driven, always thinking about others. But how are you managing burnout? And like, what does support look like for you? Because it is a lot. And looking at you, you look vibrant, you look energized. But like, what? let's talk about oh, burnout. Burnout is real. And I think I'm still learning that. So I like very rarely get time to like turn off. Like my wheels are always turning. Even I'm a night person. I'm up to like 12, one o'clock in the morning, like thinking of things or working on projects. And then I'll get up at like 6 a.m. and go to Pilates or go to the gym. Working out for me is definitely like how I counter burnout. Like I have to be moving. I have to like be active. It's really good for my mental health. If I take more than like two days off, 
maybe three days, I, I notice it. Like I'm, I'm cranky. Like my head is just not where it should be. But I think for me right now in this stage that I'm in, like literally stage that I'm in today is that I'm on this hamster wheel because I see how close I am to certain things. And it's like, I want that momentum to keep going, but I'm also learning that sometimes in that momentum, like you have to press pause. Like if you're going too fast on the treadmill and your energy can't keep up, like you don't have to stop it. You can pause and like, you know, jump on the outside rails and just wait for a second until you catch your breath. And I'm, I'm learning that along the way. This year I've been traveling a lot for work and I really enjoy it, but I actually want to travel for a vacation. Everything I've traveled for this year has been for work and I get to go to cool places. Like I was able to go to Morocco in January to produce a TV show. Like I, that was never on my vision board to like start the, and I found out like three weeks before I was going to go right before Christmas, I'm going to Morocco to do a TV show. I... I was like, what? Like, I, mean, I get to go to Africa? Like, how cool is that? And it was an incredible experience. So even in those moments of work, I tried to like take it in. I tried to be like, yo, I'm in Morocco. Like, not the fact that I'm working, but like, I am here. I'm experiencing this culture. So in every little thing that I do, I try to take a moment, but sometimes you don't get that opportunity. So there's a lot of times that I just need time to decompress and like not people. I people a lot for a living, whether it's hosting, whether it's on a panel, whether it's producing, whether it's whatever, putting on a community event. I people a lot and I'm a people person and people expect that out of me to be like, hey, what's up? So I'm, I'm learning that because my head is like always on, like always on. The other day I had eight meetings, literally back to back all day. And I'm just like, I am, I am burnt out, but I can't, like, I still have work yeah. to do. So it's, it's a balance. It's a balance. What does support look like Ooh. for you? Still in this vein of managing the burnout. Because I still hear you saying you go to the gym, but yet you're still very busy. Like I don't hear you saying and then I decompress or I set boundaries. I turn my phone off. I don't yeah, talk to anyone. support looks like space. And sometimes space can be like close in proximity or actually just like I need space. So me and one of my really good girlfriends, we joke a lot because we'll hang out and like sometimes we'll just sit like in each other's presence and maybe like drink a glass of champagne and like watch TV. But like we're not even talking the whole time. We're just in each other's presence. And I think support just looks like people pouring into you and motivating you or just being around. Sometimes I don't want to talk and people think that's weird for me. I'm like, yeah, a talker doesn't want to talk sometimes because I'm always talking. But it is hard too because I have a child and she is four and a half. So I can't just be like, hey, like she doesn't understand yet. Like, hey, mommy just needs a minute. Now she's starting to because sometimes when I pick her up from school, like, how was your day? And she'll be like, mommy, I don't really want to talk right now. I'm like, mm, I have to respect that. And I get it because Good. I'm like, yo, I'm the same way after work too. Good. We can just drive home in silence. So I love mm -hmm. that. But sometimes you don't get that luxury to just be like, hey, I don't want to talk right now because something has to go on. Are you open to people helping you? Yeah, absolutely. So many people lately have asked me like, oh, I want, I want to help you. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of that. But I have not had a second to sit down to even think about what I need because I'm just so used to just doing it and getting it done and pulling in resources when I need it that I've never sat and thought about what do I need? And if somebody asks me, can they help me? What can I say? So lately this has been happening a lot. And I tell people, I'm like, hey, I'll get back to you because I need a minute to actually inventory and, and actually assess what I need. So that is like, it's, it's weird mm -hmm. because you have to, in order to let people help you, you have to trust. 
And I think when it's your projects and your babies, like it's hard to trust people because you already know how you're going to get it done. But I am at the stage now where like I do need help and I do need that support. But I also really believe and I value people that I want to compensate them. And also the things that I have in my head, I don't have the budget for yet. So I'm like, no, 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 I got it because I want I don't want people to feel like they have to work for free, even though I work so many jobs and so many opportunities for free and it paid off. But I just, I feel like I have to compensate people for that. But they're like, no, no, we'll just help you. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just figure out what I need. So I'm I'm in the place now. I'm trying to figure it out. Nice. I, I'm happy to hear that. And I really encourage you to do that. I think that, you know, not just because of all that you have on your plate, but all of your experience, yeah. people do want to help you. And I also understand, especially when you're a producer, like producers, we mm-hmm. figure every single thing out. And it's so it easy is. to just do it on your own. And you do think yeah. about the money and you do think about the quality and all of that stuff. But like for yourself, you got to not I'm not I'm not trying to say that it's like control but it's more so like shift that producer brain you know where it's like okay I'm I still know what needs to be done so I'm not letting go of the control um yeah that was just that's just my advice that you didn't ask for (laughs) you're right so what's next for you or if not like next because that may be unclear but what is a big goal for you in terms of your Mm. career so I want to like I'm really passionate about producing televisions like producing other people's tv shows like I love being able to like to see somebody's vision help bring that to life but I want to have my tv show before brunch on like some form of network or whether it's streaming or something like that I want to scale it like I want it to be like a full-on like I want an audience I want like you know these incredible guests that I've already I'm so grateful to every single guest that has been on my show I think over the course of my last three seasons, I've had probably a combine of like 50 plus guests. And that has been like so, you know, empowering. And everybody's just said yes. So I want to scale that. And then I want to do morning TV. So my goal is and not necessarily to have a full like, I don't need to be the I don't want to be the anchor of like morning TV, but I want to do like lifestyle segments on some of the daytime talk show. Like today's show has always been my goal to do a lifestyle segment or do some of of segment on there and not even as a contractual basis, but just like, hey, like if I could do something once a month, that would be amazing. So that has been a goal of mine for like the last 15, 15 plus years. So that is next up. I hope like national TV, consistent gigs on national TV. That is my goal for like my next step. I hope when it happens, you can play this back and say, remember when she said, because I've been saying it for years. I'm like, okay, maybe this is like the year. Yes. I actually have a close friend who is a producer on the Today Show. look at that. Yeah. So definitely, if you want to like email me some links, is it any way that I can help or even just to introduce you to him? I definitely appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So what's an affirmation that you're telling yourself to get to Mm. the next level? stay the course. I think we forget that. And it sounds so simple and so easy, but it's like when things get hard or a hurdle comes, it just feels like it's just easier. Let me just try something new. Let me just go a different direction. But I think stay the course is just like the thing that I have been just repeating over and over. And I noticed myself saying that like in interviews or different hosting gigs. I'm like, just stay the course because you're on this course for a reason. Now, You don't know if this course has a dead end or if this course has like a little turn that's going to break you out into this next, you know, level of street or path or whatever it is. But you won't know if you don't stay the course because that moment when you really feel like, man, let me just go do something different could be like that door that's going to unlock all this crazy like potential and opportunity. So if you can see it and you've been having these like 
breadcrumb moments of success happening on this current course. Don't just get off because it's not happening fast enough. Like I have been, I've felt that way so many times and so many times I'm like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to quit. Like I'm just over it. Like I'm over not being where I want to be. I should be doing this by now. And then like something and never fails. Something pops up, an opportunity happens. Somebody reaches out. It, it just, it never fails. But if I didn't stay that course, then it wouldn't have happened. What helps you stay the course? Is it prayer? Is it, yeah. you know, meditation? Oh yeah. We, uh, we definitely praying a lot, <laughs> but I just inherently know that this is what I've been called to do. And I think if you don't inherently know what you're supposed to be doing, spend some time to figure that out. Like over the last couple of years, I've become very self-aware. So I know what triggers me. I know how much I can take in a situation. My thought patterns when things don't go my way. I know. So because I know those things, I'm able to like course correct very quickly doesn't mean that I don't get sad and I'm not crying. Like I'm a Pisces. I'm so emotional. Like I'm, you know, I'll cry (laughs) at any moment, but because I have built up that level of self-awareness, something inside me will not let me give up because I know this is inherently what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no way that I've gotten this far and the opportunities that have come to me and the doors that have opened and the things that are currently happening now, that if this was not my calling, it would be happening. So I'm just, you know, walking on faith that, okay, God, like, I know what you said, but uh, the timeline is ticking. (laughs) And I just know that like there's something greater and something bigger than I could have ever imagined for myself. For me, top tier might be being on a morning show, like doing lifestyle segments on a network when in God's eyes, he could already have me prepared to like run a network, right? Like, so you just don't know. And I think also what keeps me going is that the things that I've currently accomplished is somebody else's ceiling. So when you talk about like people looking at what other people are doing and I might be, I might've already accomplished something that somebody like, oh, this is my life goal. So to know that there's still more and I'm still capable and still able to bring forth this vision, that's really what keeps me going, to be honest, because I know there's always something more. And there's a generation of girls who, because of me, I hope that their futures will be even brighter and unlocked even earlier because of the tiles and bricks that I've laid. Definitely. That is 100%, 1000% your legacy. For sure. We're nearing the end of the interview. I'm sad to let you go, but I do respect your time. I wanted to know if you had any last words of advice or if there was any questions you wanted to ask me. Oh, I don't know about advice. I think one thing I would always just tell people and especially women is number one, your dreams are possible, but like take advantage of every single opportunity. Everything is an opportunity. And I think There's a difference in taking advantage of opportunity, being an opportunist. Those are two different things. But there is a connection in everything. So whether it's, you know, you go somewhere and you, wow, you found your new hairdresser or you go somewhere and you found your next job, like there's opportunity in everything. And don't be afraid to like do it alone. Like sometimes you just need to not hear nobody's voice and just do it. Like when I launched my most recent company, Dream Push, like I didn't really didn't tell a lot of people. I was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Maybe told like a handful of people who I just needed artistic direction or something else with. And I just did it because I didn't want to hear anybody else's voice. And not that it wasn't valuable. I just, in the season that I'm in, I just, I needed to do it. I needed to have something that was of my own. I needed to know that like, yo, this all came from me and my vision. That's one thing. And then I'll just say like, I'm really proud of you. Like I know it's probably been very challenging 
being laid off. And this is the whole economy right now is insane. The job market and even just the world of entertainment is transforming so quickly right in front of our right in front of our eyes because everything is digital. The algorithms like it's trash. Like when I came out of college, we didn't even have Instagram yet. So it was a little bit, a little bit different for me. But I would say for you, like the fact that you're owning this and taking in this and making it an opportunity is so powerful and you are going to pave the way for somebody else who's in the same position to the same situation happen. So the fact that you're even doing this and having the courage to reach out to people and say, hey, can you be on my show? People don't understand how much courage that takes to even ask people to be a part of something that you're doing. Like, it's just, it is. And I, I, I understand that. So I'm proud of you and happy to support you in, in any way possible that I can as well and connect you with some people out there in LA. Thank you so much, Stephanie. That means so, so much. Again, freshman Bianca <laughs> is just like, oh my gosh, Aww. like this is amazing to hear. It's been so amazing seeing you and being connected with you. I have my aspirations to be like Hamptons 40 under 40. I saw you just got another recognition from Hampton. Yeah. So that is just like, and you were Onyx too, yep, right? Onyx, Onyx 7. seven. Yep. And I'm Onyx 8. So I'm like, okay, Onyx. like she's just, <laughs> I just see her. So thank you so much yeah. for saying that, for seeing that. I really, truly appreciate it because it is challenging. I'm like, are people thinking, what is this girl doing? I don't even like, oh, like she was working at these places and this is where she creates. Like I have all of these weird girl, thoughts. Who cares but- what people think? No, it does not matter. As long as you think highly of it, it does not matter what anybody else thinks. I learned that probably too late, but yes, it it doesn't matter. Exactly. I had to learn that being creative means way more to me than what people Mm -hmm. say. So that definitely keeps me encouraged to continuing to do so. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So listeners, I hope that you really enjoyed today's conversation. I hope that you feel inspired by the work that Steph is doing. I will put in the description all the ways that you can find her and the work that she's doing. And then we'll talk to you next time. Bye.